Today on Happy Hallmarkies, we talk about One Winter Weekend, Morning Show Mystery, and Art for ALS with special guest Paul Green. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Happy Hallmarkies here on After Buzz TV. Uh, today we have an excellent show. I'm your host, Marissa Serafini. You can follow me everywhere at Serafini TV. Joining me, I have... Hello, it's Stefan Lovegrove. As always, Happy New Year, I guess. I, you know, Happy I, New Year again. <laughs> I've really been wondering, because I, I always say, like, happy whatever to my Lyft drivers as I get out of the car, and yeah. I've been wondering, when does Happy New Year expire? But for Hallmark purposes, we still have the New Year's touch this weekend. So happy new year. It's Stefan Lovegrove and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Lovegrove. Yes. To answer both of those questions, uh, this song is actually Old Lang Syne by Colby Calais. Love her. I knew it. I yes. recognize this. One of my favorite holiday albums. Actually. I mean, I love the song and I love her. And the song was used in one winter's weekend. So I thought it was very apropos to use it for the beginning of our show. And for the New Year's, you know, when's the cutoff to say? I say probably two weeks after, two or three weeks. We are three weeks into right. January. But if we're talking about these Hallmark movies, I think it still applies. I just I am hung up on the fact that you said apropos. <laughs> that is uh, very Marissa. Uh, Sure. Sure. Um, so, great things. We have Paul Green will be joining us via Skype very soon. It's yes, lots of excitement for Paul. But before we even get to that, we have some fun news that happened. Countdown to Christmas numbers came in. They did excellent. You excellent. know, I, I gotta say, I I really do feel like the momentum of Countdown to Christmas grows every year, but particularly the last two years, it has just been unreal. And the numbers are crazy this year. It has. I mean, in the last two years, they made record for 2016. They had about, I forget the exact number, they had around 30, and then this year they had 33. Uh, Yeah, so they're they're just upping every single year. But they had... Uh, in the final three months of 2017, they had all-time highs, including the most watched and highest rated day, week, month, and quarter in network history. And uh, they beat out, competitively beat out network consistently, out-delivered the cable universe throughout the quarter, as well as beating the broadcast networks on Saturday night from uh, in the 8 to 10 time period. And the countdown to Christmas original Saturday movies, so the Saturday night's Movies in uh, in the most part, they premiered the premiered average around nine hundred and seventy two thousand viewers. That's close to a million every single Saturday, from the women's twenty five through fifty four demographic. That is my demographic. Uh, there was four point eight million total viewers on a live plus three basis, making Hallmark Channel the most watched network across cable and broadcast. In the 8 to 10 period. Which is really incredible. And, you know, the coolest thing about this is 
if you know anything about television right now, most networks are really struggling even to get a fraction of what they used to get. I mean, I remember the days when everybody would watch American Idol and there would be like 44 million people watching the finale. You just don't get numbers like that in television anymore. And the fact that I think I saw Bill Abbott said something like over 80 million unique viewers watched Countdown to Christmas. You guys, do we realize that's like one in five people in America was watching Countdown to Christmas this year? Really incredible, really amazing, and so glad that so many of you were with us all throughout the season for that. Absolutely. I mean, we watched all 33 Oh, we watched them all. I dare you to give me a trivia question. We watched them all and many of them multiple times. Right, and I'm, I'm proud of ourselves. We actually watched them and covered them Fairly thoroughly, actually. Yeah, so the fourth quarter for Hallmark Channel was the most watched in all key demographics and reached an unduplicated audience of 72.3 million viewers. Wow. And I do want to say, in the past, when I have told people that I was watching romantic comedies or cheesy Christmas movies, I've gotten this, like, they think, oh, like, Elf. (laughs) No, that's not what I'm referring to. Actually, the Hallmark Channel. So I actually did notice a shift this year that way more people were not just saying, oh, I'm watching Christmas movies. Uh, No, no, no. It's a thing now. Even with our generation, people are actually watching Hallmark. And I love that. Um, I am so grateful to my mom for passing on this tradition to me and so glad that the younger generation is catching on. That's amazing. So congratulations, Hallmark. You guys were fantastic and we loved all those movies. All right, so the second on the docket, we have When God Calls the Hearts, the book by Michelle Cox and Brian Bird. All the Hardies and Hallmarkies who don't watch When God Calls the Heart should also watch When God Calls the Heart so they can read this book and uh, be amazed. It actually comes out February 1st of this year in 2018. So in a couple weeks, it will officially be available, written by Michelle Cox and Brian Bird. And they will also be guests on Home and Family promoting their book on February 8th. That will air on February 9th, so definitely check that out. They're going to be on Home and Family to promote this. And uh, for those who don't know what the book is, it's about 40 different devotions from Hope Valley about finding moments of grace, joy, beauty, amid the unexpected circumstances of life. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Brian Burr talked about it at HFR 3 a few months ago when I went up there to... um, Talking about it, it, they were still in the the final phases, but now it's finally going to be available for everyone to go purchase. It's available for pre-order already on Amazon. So, and it's only at, at, when I checked, it was only like $11. Super affordable, and it's going to be a great read, and everyone is excited for that. $11 is a great hardcover. Yeah, we're looking at the Amazon screen, at least on our monitor here. So everybody, (laughs) I know those of you listening on podcasts may not be able to see the images. By the way, let me do a plug. Marissa put so much effort into giving you guys all kinds of photos and backstage stuff and all just all kinds of visuals every show. So while we appreciate all podcast <laughs> listeners, do check us out on YouTube sometime if you haven't, because Marissa makes it well worth your while 
more than any other after show I've ever been a part of in terms of visuals. Ah, uh, thank you. I am a visual person, so I think it's always fun when you have a visual reinforcement to you know add to the conversation and, and it gives that people the the better understanding of what we're actually talking about. So you know, eleven dollars is very affordable. You really don't have an excuse that you can't get this book. Just saying um it's going to be great probably tearjerker moments heartfelt moments and you know there was contributions from some of the actual hardies and the and the hardies community has donated some of their time and effort into getting this book possible um made possible so it's going to be great great read and i do want to point out there are a lot of hardies uh connecting with us today we have about triple the amount of people watching live as we normally have paul green may have something to do with that but lots of excitement and say hello i mean we've got trisha we've got ruth we've got jordan we've got a lot of the people Lori, a lot of you who are always here for happy hallmarkies um but again triple the amount of viewers we normally have live so please do say hello uh if you're watching and let us know those of you who are not normally here with us live yes hardy's deliver and speaking of paul green we have the art for als event that is uh coming up the it is a raffle auction online charity event um for the als um disorder and we actually will get paul green to Skype in, and we're going to talk to him a little bit about it. But it's an amazing event that was started by him and fellow Hardys, uh, Jordan Blackstone and Jeanette Stevens. And they have definitely contributed the work and the time and effort into making this possible. Okay, he's on the line now. And Paul, I believe we have Paul on with us to talk about this. Hello, Paul. Hello. How's it going? Great. Thanks so much for joining us and talking about this amazing art for ALS. Um, so for, for the Hardys and the Hallmarkies who may not know exactly what this is event, can you give us just a little synopsis of what it is? Yeah, sure. Can you hear me and see me okay? Yes, you look and sound amazing. <laughs> okay, good. Well, this is an event that we did actually last year. It's a... Arts show. Last year we did um, that was auctioning art, and the number one purpose for it is to raise funds for ALS research to help find a cure. And it's been said that ALS is not an incurable disease, but it's an underfunded disease. So um, my connection to ALS is my dad, unfortunately, passed from ALS. Um, now coming up on four years already, and I really wanted to do something that would make a difference, that would be a part of the solution and raise some awareness and raise some money to actually help find a cure for ALS. So we did that last year, and Hallmark showed up for us in a big way. The Hallmark Network was one of our title sponsors, and we raised through selling the art and through very generous donations and through because Candace Cameron came and Danica McKellar came and a lot of my co-stars came out to support. Tay Diggs was a part of it. We ended up um, raising $100,000 last year in just two hours of the auction. So it was a big success. So this is the second year of us doing this event and i um, really excited about it. It's coming up in February. 
And that's that's so exciting, and I'm glad that you had such a successful first year that you're planning on doing it again. But this time is actually different from the first time. You had a, a physical event where people came to a location and to yep. do this auction, but this time around, everything's online. So um, doing an online auction and, and raffle, uh, how, how will that process be different compared to the first, and how can people get involved in the online process of this auction? Well, thanks to the help of Jordan Blackstone and Jeanette Stevens, who are two very supportive and active hearties that the way this started actually was Jordan had painted a portrait of me and offered it to me. And I said, you know what, let's, why don't we auction this oil painting? And I'm sure you guys are familiar. You've had her on your show. Just what an incredible artist Jordan Mm -hmm. It started with one portrait, with my picture, and I said, let's donate this and donate the money. Let's auction this and donate the money to ALS.net, which is a ALS TDI, which is a, a nonprofit biotech lab in Boston that is nonprofit and family run from some a family that was affected by ALS. And so we decided to st just to donate my the portrait that Jordan did of me, but now it's grown into something that is every day just it's it's expanding and expanding and expanding and growing and growing and we have a facebook page which i know you guys have the link to share but the hashtag to search both everywhere is from the heart for als and this this event is special because the hardies are such a big support the that uh, are being donated are of cast members. Dan Lissing, uh, there's a really beautiful oil painting that um, that Jordan painted of Daniel that he's uh, agreed to have as a part of the auction, and it's him in his red surge. There's a Bo Bridges, who I did a film with recently um, uh, the, uh, in Canada, the Angel Falls, uh, Christmas in Angel Falls. He's agreed to donate this beautiful big oil painting of him and Jeff Bridges that Jordan did. It's just incredible. And I could go down the list. It's and, and, um, Jordan is donating a commissioned painting. So whoever wins that bid, Jordan will paint a portrait of them or of a picture that, that they want her to paint. So this is just some, that's just the art side. But then this is the really exciting thing this year is Lori Lachlan, Aaron Krakow, and Daniel and myself, we're all going to be raffling. Some are going to be raffled and some are going to be auctioned. Live one-on-one -on -one Facebook video calls for five minutes. So you will get Lori one-on-one -on -one for five minutes. You will get Aaron as well, a separate one altogether. Daniel agreed to do it. And we're still expanding and expanding. I'm going to do it. And um, this will be different levels of the auction so some you can buy like for ten dollars you can buy a ticket that will put you in a in a raffle and you could win several different prizes we also have a really special category for whoever shares the event the most on their social media is a separate like really exciting um prize and a challenge for whoever shares the most to really get the word out so there's lots of different ways to win with this event 
that's uh, fantastic. I mean, we were talking before the, the show that you, you have like different levels and tiers with um, some prizes being part of the, the raffle and some part of the for the auction. And yeah, that, that's very exciting because it puts like everyone on like a a winning level and everyone can have an opportunity to to win something amazing. Absolutely. We don't want anybody to feel left out, you know, and I, and everybody can make a difference. Nowadays, your influence, like who you know, really helps a lot. So people sharing with their friends and then their friends sharing can exponentially help make a difference in, in solving this problem. And it's really the awareness, like the Ice Bucket Challenge um, did a raise $200 million towards ALS research, and that was spread out to all the different ways to help find a cure. And that was just one person nominating a friend to dump water on there. They, to, you, know, you remember the ice bucket right. challenge, right? And so just a quick refresher, ALS is a neurodegenerative disease that you literally are frozen in your body. And, and it's amyotropic lateral sclerosis. So that's Lou Gehrig's disease. And a lot of people remember the baseball player that was diagnosed with that a long time ago. And that's where it started. But it's becoming... The, the awareness is becoming more and more and people are learning more about it and more and we've had over 20 messages already from um, family who are Hardys and friends of Hardys who have been affected by ALS 20 and we're only on our third day of our Facebook page being live um, so this this disease has affected a lot of people and there's a lot of uh, a lot of folks out there that really do want to help make a difference and give back and our event is allowing many different ways to do that. Yeah, I mean that's fantastic, and everything that uh, you know you're giving away, and even the the Hallmark cast. We have the one called the Heart Cast. And I know you mentioned some of the Chesapeake Shores cast are getting on board with this as well. So it is a big Hallmark community based type of an event that everyone's being involved in. It is the Chesapeake Shores family. All the the cast are showing up with different things like signed scripts. Um, I'm donating different scripts from the Hallmark movies and different things like posters from movies. There's going to be so many fun gifts for Hallmark fans and fans of One Calls a Heart and just um, regular film fans because there's going to be lots of a lot of people's favorite actors are now on the Hallmark. I was listening on the Hallmark channel. I was listening in earlier to what some of the numbers you guys were reading out about the success of, of Hallmark and Hallmark Movie Mysteries. They, yes. One thing, Hallmark Movies and Mystery was up 44% from the year before. Did they? Did you guys read that? I don't know if you read that. Oh, I did not read that, but that is excellent information to also know. So both networks grew in numbers. Mm-hmm. So that's really exciting for them. And and this is the, this is the bigger narrative is that in general is this utopian world where people treat each other can you hear me my audio changed can you uh, hear me still yeah yeah we just had a technical glitch there but we're all good yeah <laughs> yes. we're good okay this is live, I, I feel that the reason the hallmark channel is getting so popular and they're having such exponential growth is in in this in this world that we live in where the news can be really dystopian and and very dualistic and and angry and people are can barely agree on anything it feels that people go to hallmark for like a be a safe place where it's a bit of a utopia where people actually treat them each other the way these small towns they treat each other the way that you would really want to be treated and that you do want to 
treat. And I think that's one of the draws to Hallmark and the Hallmark the Hallmark Channel, yes. It's, is, it's a safe place for people to go when things don't feel that safe out there. Completely, completely agree. So for this event, uh, you have the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash from the heart for ALS. And you have mm-hmm. the, the website. Is uh, is that available yet for the, for the actual auction? Is that up and running? We're going to keep it simple because so many of our fans are in inside of um, Facebook and we don't want to have too many like go here go there go there to don't so we're we're still working on the software and if anybody has ever done an online auction that they really love the software let us know because we're we're um, we're meeting with a few different companies to find the best platform that really integrates well with Facebook so that our hardies don't have to go find the site that has all the auctions. And then it, we, we want just one place that can easily connect. So it's, there's no barrier to entry and nobody gets lost or confused, you know, which is easy right. to do with technology when they have too many places to go. So we're looking for a very seamless, simple way to have this auction and this raffle and these prizes to be very seamlessly um, donated and where people can share it really, really easily because that's going to make the biggest difference for this event that we all feel is how easy it is to share once you've donated. See, people can just come and donate $5 and there's and that will make a difference because when you have a lot of people doing that, it can really add up. And so we're work, we're almost finished the exact platform of the software we're going to be using, but it's going to be very simple. That's excellent. And make it simple for everyone. You just stick to one centralized locations and make it easy for, um, for usability sake. And especially if you want it to be successful, keep everyone in one location. Um, that's brilliant. I, I love it. So this, uh, your, I believe you have the pre-show. Um, yes. Like a pre-launch to this starting February 14th. Mm-hmm. And then it's the actual online auction and the bidding um, will take place f- for an entire week leading up to um, February 18th, correct? That's right. I'll, I'll simplify that for you. So the 14th is Valentine's and we're going to announce like a soft open. So people will be able to check out the prizes that we have, make a simple donation, find out what they want to bid on. But the actual bid starts at we're Dan listing and I are hosting um, a five o'clock Eastern on the day that our first episode of when calls a heart premieres, which is the 18th of February, Dan and I are going to host a Facebook live and we're going to announce the beginning of the actual auction. And that's going to run for one solid week until the following Sunday, 5 30 PM Eastern time on the following week. So it's going to be one solid week. And we're going to close the auction just before the second episode of When Calls the Heart airs on the East Coast. We're going to be doing all this East Coast time just to simplify it. Um, and that that's so the event's going to run for the auction and everything's going to run for that week. So we'll be adding things to it, announcing prizes and sharing it. And it's going to be a really exciting week. And I'm hoping that there will be some... Uh, event with home and family I'm still talking with the producers if there's room to squeeze me in on home and family before the event that might be happening 
but it's a there's a lot of really cool things happening. But I'm, I'll be fun to be doing a Facebook Live with Dan for the pre-show of the first episode of One Calls a Heart. Oh yeah, absolutely. So many Hardies will tune in for that. Yeah. Um, because it, it's the perfect timing that you, you set this up right before the premiere of season five. So all the proceeds for this will go to ALS.net and and the actual research for ALS. And that's just really quickly. So they are the Therapy Development Institute, and I briefly mentioned that they're a nonprofit. They're the only nonprofit biotech lab in the world where their their 100% focus is on precision medicine to find a cure just for ALS. And bec- the $100,000 that we raised last year went towards this incredible pill that now is in phase one of human trials, which is a breakthrough because they're a nonprofit that has uh, FDA approved for the first phase of human trials. And they're very optimistic that this pill is going to be able to make a difference in all the symptoms of the effects that ALS has on the body, which can be very devastating. So it's not a pharmaceutical company. It's not a big private company. It's a nonprofit that has uh, approved the first uh, pill for human trial testing. So it's very, very exciting. That is exciting. You know, the first yeah. steps to, towards actually uh, tackling this. And and I love you bringing awareness um, that more people should know about this. I, I think the Ice Bucket Challenge did a good job. But, uh, you know, it was fun and trendy. But what do people, do people keep paying attention to ALS after something like that? No, we, we got to keep the, the attention and focus on it and keep mm-hmm. helping in whatever way is possible to keep the research going. So we actually do make strides to, to tackle this. Absolutely. And it's the human story. There's, like I said, there's 20 people that have written in telling us their own personal story of how they've been affected by this. And, and we're going to be doing a tweet fest with the hashtag ALS and our hashtag uh, from the heart for ALS coming up in the next leading up to the event. And people can share their stories um, and how they've been affected by this just to help raise awareness and um, bring people's attention to something that it is easy to forget. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone's looking forward to that. So it starts officially February 14th. You can uh, follow it from on Twitter at from the heart ALS hashtag yep. from the heart for AL uh, from the heart for ALS and art for ALS and yeah. leading up to the season five. I mean, since we have you here, um, what <laughs> without giving away too much, um, what can the Hardys look forward to for you and your character this season? Well, there's there's some really exciting things. Can you hear me? Audio did yes. something funny. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, good. There's some really great things that I get to do, especially like right off the bat in the first episode. The first, the, the the first the premiere is really cool for especially for what Carson gets to do. Um, and there's uh, no shortage of drama. Uh, I'm sure you can tell by some of those teasers what they're teasing, and uh, there's some big twists and some big turns and you may think you know what's happening but you really don't know what's <laughs> happening um there a lot of there's a couple new characters that come into town to stir things up and of course in classic hope valley we have to pull together as a town and and pull through it together and lean on each other and come together as a community and it's it's we had some really powerful performances this year and story arcs that you're going to love it 
and be on the edge of your seat for uh, sure. I'm excited with, <laughs> with the teaser trailers that have now been circulated for promotions for this. It seems like there's a, a new person in Carson's life that might stir things up a bit. Who <laughs> knows? Who knows? Who knows? Looking yeah, you could tell that's Allie. And Allie was actually, yes, Allie Liebert, who's a phenomenal actress. She actually played, she just starred in her first uh, Hallmark film as the lead that she produced. And just now, I'm sure you guys saw it. Did you see it a already? You remember. saw it, right? Yes, A Gift to Remember. A Gift to Remember. And yes, she we watched all of them. <laughs> she played Erica Christensen's uh, best friend and co-worker in Anything for Love, which is a yes. film that I did for Valentine's Day last year? year and a half ago yep yep I remember. with Erica, anything for love where i played the nurse the male nurse which was one of my favorite roles and favorite movies and ali lieber was just she's just so alive and so vibrant and so they she might have a she might come into town she might come in for a minute yeah so for those who may not know ali lieber was also on chesapeake shorts she played georgia she is oh. she's now going to be on when calls the heart so she she's making her ways on both shows so a lot of things to look forward to for season five for you and your character <laughs> and and the rest of the cast i cannot wait as i'm sure all the rest of the hardies are are dying to see it so well thank you for for your support of the show and all the hallmark shows and for doing this for for us and you know what's so great is we've now this is a this interview is something that I can share on our Facebook page and then reshare on Twitter so this helps so much what you guys are doing both of you and I really appreciate it thanks for helping us out Yes, of course, of course more eyes and ears cuz everyone needs to know about this and yeah. um, I I had to say thank you to you and Jordan and Jeanette and everyone who uh, donated their time and and stuff to for this because it is such an important thing that people should know yeah jordan and jeanette stevens have um are t really really putting in a lot of their time and a lot of their effort and they're so organized i could not do this with without them for yep. sure who are and, by the way both in the chat and telling everyone how they can share and get involved so shout out to yes. both of them watching live with all of us Oh, right on. Yeah, I can't see that where I'm at here. So I'm just, I just kind of turned everything off and I'm just talking to you guys. But um, thanks for, thank you also, Hardys and Hallmarkies, for the way you show up on, in, on Twitter. And, and I don't know if they know this, but your tweets make such a huge difference with the Nielsen ratings. Like, I didn't know that until this year, but Nielsen rating actually take in the amount of tweets and they somehow calculate it to how to calculate the numbers for the i don't know exactly how it works but i know that you all taking the effort to to retweet things and to to tweet the hashtags of these shows that we're doing makes all the difference and and, and for this event it'll make all the difference too Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, Paul, and thank you for yeah. this amazing event, Art for ALS. Definitely go check it out, go bid, and help just an amazing cause for, yes. for everybody. And when, uh, when Calls the Heart comes back, you're, well, you are definitely welcome back to these studios to talk anytime. You'll have me back in your studio there? Absolutely. Good. I'll bring, I'll bring my guitar and and we'll, I'll bring my guitar and we'll, we'll sing a song. Yep, absolutely. We, we need that encore from the last performance. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, right. like, I'd like that. Yes, absolutely. And so would we. Well, thank you so much, Paul. And we will talk to you again soon. Okay, thanks again. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
amazing 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 definitely check that out that's february 14th and some you know awesome artwork that's going to be donated given by you know a lot of artists i know i was you know i was we actually have some pictures too for for those who may not know what's actually going to be a part of of this and this is just like a small snippet what did i tell you about marissa's visuals of course we have photos <laughs> we have to we have to so you, we have a calendar uh made by jeanette stevens that's actually signed by the whole one calls the hard cast that's just one of the awesome prizes in, in that if you keep scrolling through and we had the jeanette oak uh return to hope valley book series which i have yet to read but i hear they're amazing it was jeanette oak who obviously is the author and creator of Calls the Heart um, with her daughter. And this is the oil on canvas painting by Jordan. Um, this is where it all started. This is That's the, unbelievably this is the good. Yeah, it started with this and then it bloomed into this entire event. And then I believe we had the Bow Bridges Brothers, also another um, oil on canvas painting that will be a part of it. And that's just several things. Um, Paul actually told me that Lori Lachlan is going to be donating one of her purses and Bo Bridges is going to be donating a, a script that he wrote um, and uh, for Stargate. So there are so many different things. Well, and be a bar, a he made this. a very good point about Lori Lachlan and all of these people. This is general film appeal. You know yes. what I mean? I love that somebody in the chat said, can we share this with people who aren't Hardys? Absolutely, Absolutely. Because in the general Hallmark family, which we already acknowledged is 70, 80 million people, <laughs> yeah. and just in the general film community, and people, you know, people concerned about ALS, this event is so wide-reaching. Yes, it is. And, and so many people People will find this relevant and want to be a part. Um, and I think what comes out of this interview to me is this really does highlight why people love Hallmark is it is so charity focused in so many ways with mm-hmm. so many causes. Um, and also the thing you mentioned about the tweets, you know, so many fan bases, even amongst people that claim to all love the same thing. There's so much ugliness and negativity and hostility. When you look at the hashtags on Twitter, it's so positive, so uplifting. Even the like Twitter discussion around Hallmark is so great. So what a beautiful community. Yes, it, it is a beautiful community. Hallmarkies, Hardies, Chessies, Goodies, everybody, everybody. Um, it, it, like, you, you think it's such a small thing, but it really does make an impact and affects your shows um, to, to keep going. That's that's why we keep getting, uh, having amazing content and um, episodes to talk about and just shows to watch. And I think it's a great job everyone's getting on board. And I, I cannot wait for when... When Calls the Heart comes back, just everything, it's going to be amazing, amazing. So let's get into our first movie of today. We have One Winter Weekend, starring Taylor Cole, Jack Turner. What were your quick thoughts of this? I loved this movie. Um, so I, I. I actually, I actually loved both. Um, I thought it was a fantastic weekend of movies, and... I was waiting for this one from the beginning of Winterfest being announced, so I already had high expectations, and it surpassed even those. Loved the movie. Gonna watch it many more times on the DVR. Yes, I watched this movie twice. I'm a big fan of Taylor Cole. Same. Yeah, so, you know, you weren't the biggest fan of Festival Christmas uh, Christmas Festival of Ice. I loved that. But one. it was I in think spite was of having an actress I loved in it, not because right. of her not that I disliked. Her. No, it. no, probably should have put that better in context. 
But I, I'm a big fan of her and, and her movies. And this one was really solid. There was some premise that was really similar to last week's Love on the Slope. Sorry, it was actually two weeks ago, but we talked about it last week. Love on the Slope with the whole writing, um, let's write an article, not really knowing um, the, you know, the subject and the topic, not really knowing that this is going to be a thing without verbal con- or written consent. But you know what? That's interesting because I wrote it was a big contrast in that Kara's character um, was very proficient at sports and outdoors and the extreme adventurous <laughs> things, which could not have been more of a contrast to the lead in Love on the Slopes. <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, but her she, her writing, she she's a relationship writer who's sworn off dating. So that you're automatically there's like, well, that's ironic. You can't write a story if you're not going to be dating. Um, but what were your thoughts of how, of course, we had the double booking of the chalet and... I don't want to half call it half a chalet. Half a chalet. Half. It's not the unwanted pairing, but because they they seemed pretty okay with it. Yes, yeah, so it was unfortunate the first time when they first found out. They're like, "What's happening?" But they, I, I think the friends like really helped um, them. You know, just have a good weekend despite the fact that they're both in the same chalet. It, yeah, I didn't think it was the normal unwanted pairing dynamic, but I definitely felt like they just had a lot of layers of judgment. Like, mm-hmm. I thought the whole wine charms thing was hilarious. As <laughs> soon was. as as soon as she said the wine charms and was cheering for them, he just... And, and again, I love when Hallmark movies have this theme because don't we do this in real life where somebody will say something and we just form all sorts of judgments about them. And they mm-hmm. were sure that they had... Well, she wasn't sure that she had him figured out. She was trying to solve a mystery. But he was so sure that he had her figured out. And they really, of course, had to let go of those layers of judgment as things progressed. As things progressed. But, we, I mean, we had we had Jack Turner's character, Ben, who was a bit of a mystery the entire movie. We were trying to figure out who he was, what exactly does he do. We know he's into snowboarding, and he's high up somewhere but like i think this was a great job of not establishing him right away we had to slowly learn bits and pieces about him every few scenes and then kind of put it together like a puzzle about his character i mean i kind of assumed that he was the ceo from the beginning i figured he had to he seemed to have a ceo brain and like eye for things but you're right it was a who carries their wine charms with them i thought the wine charms was cute i don't know anyone who's quite as dedicated to wine charms as (laughs) that character but i thought it was cute i don't need wine charms because i just drink the wine before anyone gets a you know, confused with anything. I thought it was fun. It it showed that they they had some misgivings about each other, but you know, eventually they were going to like deal with each other's quirks. Um, well, so I actually am remembering. I did write down this quote that Ben said to her. I was sure my weekend was ruined. So I guess in mm. that sense, we can say an unwanted pairing because he had that much judgment that he was like, "This weekend is down the drain because of her." Uh, well, I, I think he, yes, he wanted his bro weekend with his friend, but and she wanted her girlfriend weekend with her friend, but it, it didn't, I'm glad it didn't get to a level of animosity where, like, getaway, right. um, Christmas getaway, which we just talked about a couple of weeks ago, it took a while for them to warm up to each other. Right. And, and or Frozen in Love yeah. last week took a long time for them to warm up. Very long time. So this one didn't feel like it took a long time to... Uh, warm up to each other which i like because uh now 
he he has this recurring theme of cannot be in public avoiding public events it's like okay there's something about him he has to be part of the cyan company um did was this reveal about him being the ceo a big shock to you or did you see it coming no i saw it coming i thought he was the ceo from the beginning what did not shock me, but like was a little bit of an unexpected twist was her having the article and this idea of him being a player. Because mm-hmm. we, in many of the movies, and I, I was trying to remember My Summer Prince, because but weren't both of them the pairing of My Summer yes, Prince? Yes, they were. Um, in many of the movies, the re, you know the reputation of the character is established from the beginning. So following that pattern, we would have been told right from the beginning, he's the CEO and he's the player. The player thing was kind of unexpected. That was the shock to me because right. he seemed so like kind-hearted and genuine to find out he had a reputation for being a player and then that article. I thought that was more of a like more of a throwing off moment than the CEO thing for me. Ah, interesting. Okay. Because I this was just another moment when when we're figuring him out where I talk about, hey, we have technology, we have Google in our back pocket. If this girl, if Kara knows so much about the cyan snowboards and just the company itself, don't you think she would have taken one minute to look up who Ben Livingston was and to quickly realize right, that? Right, part and of if it? she was such a mystery person, she could have found him on LinkedIn. You know what I mean? But, she but could she's, have... so, she's so involved with social online technology. I mean, she writes and she blogs. She She's very well aware of the internet verse. So you think she would have the wherewithal to just like look up Ben? Well, and I agree quick. with Trisha's point here that being the CEO is not a shock... And it seemed odd that it was such a big deal. If she already knew that he is high up in this company, it, we're not talking about the CEO of Google or Amazon here. Right. You know what I mean? If she already knew that he was high up in this company, I don't know why it's the the you know this humongous scandal. And I don't even think it really was a scandal. I think it just came out more of a shock. Like, oh, you didn't tell me everything about you up front. You know, oh, it's not a right. scandal. Just like you didn't tell me who you were. Um, and right, and the dishonesty element is always tricky for people. Yeah. It may, it breaks down the trust. It's not like lying. It was more so admitting the truth. Mm-hmm. And, and the age old debate of is, if that's lying, right? Yes, which is borderline. Be it how you how you think it is. What were your thoughts of the her boss, Kara's boss, Diane White, the the writer and a boss, and just like encouraging encouraging this article and she seemed like she wasn't a terrible mean just cold-hearted boss especially at the beginning there were moments where she was a little bit meryl streep and devil wears prada (laughs) don't have a heart don't have a soul cold um honestly okay can i just say with this movie overall it felt very modern and one example of that is we know that we have a clickbait culture where you have to have these super extreme headlines headlines to get people to click on it i liked how modern this felt for a hallmark movie and i thought one of the, the examples of that is the boss writing these super scandalous, super dramatic headlines. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's a part of me that understands that is the culture of media, but like, 
Yes, clearly this boss doesn't operate with the highest of moral compasses. Um, but I did think that she handled Kara's decision to leave in the end in a very mature and kind way. I thought she was very respectful about it, saying, I may not agree with your conviction or with your decision, but I admire your conviction and not everybody has that. In the end, I liked the boss a lot more than I did in the beginning. Let's put it that way. Agree, because we saw this those soft, nice moments when at the beginning of the film she gave the two girls the weekend off. It'd be like, right. you can leave. It's it's New Year's. Don't come back until the sun comes up. I was like, okay, she she's nice in that way. And then when she was actually telling Kara about the reveal of who Ben was, she's like, you don't have to write it now. You have like two hours. Think about it. She even gave her the opportunity to be like, it's up to you if you want. But if you do it, here's your headline. Well, and I... She also so gave not, Megan the yeah. opportunity for an interview, which I thought was nice. Exactly. So there were plenty of nice moments and um, plenty of, you know, extreme yeah, she, sternness. It she's was not mix. as nefarious as we've seen other bosses. As the to Royal be, New Year's Eve, for yes, example. To, to, right. to be. Especially, I think she set the bar for a while. The all time low there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. Set a very low bar for, for bosses. But um, so I liked it that there, she wasn't as terrible or quote-unquote evil as you think she would be um she also played a great part just in the the whole writing of this article and having it done um at the end of the day i i really enjoyed this and of, of course the moments when uh kara and both ben finally realize it um what what were your thoughts of and it's not well this would be the conflict but how they they dealt with it because of just the irony you know, dating story, even though they're not dating, and see. Well, and we just when we thought we were in the clear, yes. that e- and they had recovered. That email came, and so we kind of had two conflict moments. Um, but ultimately, I thought the ending was super magical. <laughs> like walking into the bookstore. And another thing that was different than the normal pattern, usually in Hallmark, it begins with them bumping into each other in the bookstore or the cafe or whatever. You're mute cute. I yeah. love this idea of they had both been going to the same place and had just somehow never run into each other. Because mm-hmm. I think the timing of life is so mysterious and fascinating. And I love this idea of they met at the right time in the right place and they had crossed paths. We even saw them cross paths. Yeah. Um, and just this theme of signs, you know, I think people will read into so many things and I love how his character admitted, you know, a past me would have thought that would have called this a sign. Um, and we, you know, you can find a sign for anything. I Mm -hmm. certainly have learned that. Um, but just opening up to what's right in front of you in the present moment and not trying to write it away with signs. I thought it was really beautiful overall. I thought so too. Um, real quickly, what were your thoughts of the friends, Sean and Megan? They had a very big storyline in this. They did. And I actually wrote down, I loved, I mean, I was cheering for Megan's moment with, if Diane is ever going to see me differently, I need to see myself differently. And her little storyline arc of realizing that she was qualified for the job and asking for it very modern and up to speed i mean you know ellen pompeo just said women need to ask for what they deserve in the workplace so very modern very on pulse with the times movie and i loved the friend storyline yes and uh, i think sean was also a good friend character too because we we talked about it last week how when the the main characters go off and tell their friends and how the friends actually give them a good advice that we had those moments uh with the friends giving the good advice of how do you deal with the situation um so on and so forth there were some moments where i did feel like sean and megan did take away from ben and kara 
especially during. Well, I think I partly just loved Ben and Kara so much. I could have watched them endlessly. You know what I'm saying? But Megan and Sean were likable. So I wasn't mad when they were on screen. Yeah, they they were very likable. And you, you knew, like, I sometimes I felt like they had. A lot more chemistry than than Kara and and Ben, which was, was like that's not right. I should be also rooting for the right. main, main part. I, like I did love the the friends. They, they did add a lot to to this film. But um, any favorite moments or favorite quotes of this film? Well, my favorite quote was the ironically case in point that the friends had really good scenes and their own storylines. My mm-hmm. favorite quote was Megan's quote in the yeah. car of standing up for herself. Um, but uh, truly the wine charms. I was laughing about the wine charms, the whole movie and over analyzing the pineapple, the most difficult fruit, right. a defensive fruit, whatever the word was and over analyzing the sunglasses. And I thought that whole chemistry was hilarious. Yeah. I have one of fa- funny quote. Cause I usually pick the funny um, was when, Kara was on the phone and they just realized they double booked the chalet. She's like, it doesn't have to be a chalet. It could be a hotel, a cabin, a broom closet. <laughs> yes, and then he looked back at her <laughs> and I didn't know if we were, it was supposed to be implied that he was hearing the call, but I imagined his inner dialogue being like, how awful do you really think I am that you're asking for a broom closet? Oh, so funny. Yes, get me charms. So Send me wine charms. I'm now collecting and available for all the there wine charms. Wine, I, I'll take the wine. <laughs> all right, Moving on to Morning Show Mystery, which is the first of probably an ongoing series that we're we're definitely going to be seeing, starring Holly Robinson, Pete, and Rick Fox. Your thoughts of this one? So, I like I said, I thought we had a great weekend of movies. I loved this one, too. And self-admittedly, I told you guys a few weeks ago, my mother and siblings have recently gotten to the mysteries. And I have never been a mystery viewer. So, this was maybe the third, I mean, literally, maybe the third Hallmark mystery I've ever watched. I really have not watched many. And it's the first mystery we're covering here on the show. Right. Um... And I loved it. So I'm admitting I don't have a ton of reference point comparisons because I haven't watched many of them. Okay. Um, but I did enjoy this one. I didn't, you know, I thought it was fun and engaging and stimulating to try to guess along with it and the twists and the turns. And um, yeah, Trisha says she loved this one as well. I really loved it. I, I loved it. Um it was. It's actually very simple because I've watched a lot of the mystery, the garage sale mystery, or a tea garden murder she baked. I mean, I've seen a lot, um, and I, I have it in bold in my actual notes. Thirty-eight minutes in, I predicted who the person was, and I was right. I had to wait another hour just to prove. My when do you usually? Hypothesis. At what point do you usually know in a Hallmark mystery? For me personally, because I I, fig- I feel like, and I don't want to, you know, toot my own horn or anything. I feel like I figure things out r- rather quickly. Um, I'm actually really good at mysteries. I love Sherlock Holmes, Agatha Christie, which they mentioned Agatha Christie and they one did? weekend. It was the judge. Spoiler alert. Um, yes, I, I'm big into to mysteries, and I usually can find out who you know the who done it cases really quickly. Um, and it wasn't a surprise to me. And I, I liked who it actually turned out to be. It was the assistant. I liked who it turned out to be, too. In the first 10 minutes, my initial guess was that it was going to be Lance. Um, okay. But then as things played out, I thought, nah, I don't really think that's going to be the outcome. But I wasn't sure. Yeah. Well, when was the moment you realized who it was? When you oh, realized it wasn't Lance? Um, well, probably... 
Well, I, I don't know. Lance, I gave up on that within the first hour, and then I was just confused and not sure. I definitely knew it was Kiki maybe 20, 25 minutes before it was officially revealed. And yeah. when the door slammed, at that point, it removed all doubt. And I was like, uh, nobody knocked Kiki out. It was her. Okay. I knew it from the moment uh, where... So so we had Billy Blessing. She she was, quote-unquote, framed because said that the murderer sent a text from her phone. And I'm like, well, Kiki just literally handed you her phone when she, at the beginning of the film, was like, here's your purse and here's your phone and here's all the things that you forgot. I was like, her, uh, Billy's phone was actually in Kiki's hand. She had possession of it. I was like, but see, is that, is that really, though it turned out to be her, is that really a real clue if it was a faked text message that anybody could have sent from a laptop? No, I knew it because she, A, she had the phone and B, she had uh, access to all of Rudy's files and, well, and right. meetings and schedules and he, she also knew just everybody because she's the assistant. She said the lines like, I wish I was your assistant instead of Rudy's, X, Y, and Z. Um, you knew that there was already some animosity towards Kiki, towards um, towards Rudy. And I was like, yeah, there there it was. I wasn't well, and I will say, they did go back to Tiffany as a suspect so many times. There were a lot of MacGuffins in this film. There were. There were a lot, but I'm saying they kept going back to Tiffany so much so that I was like, it's definitely not her. It's not her. Like, they've, they've gone back and forth with so many people to mislead us, but they pushed it so hard with Tiffany and the suspicious things that I was like, it's not her. Like, they made the effort to make her so dislikable and so believable that she disliked Rudy so much that she would right. go out of her way to kill. I was like, no, she, she might not have been nice to to Rudy, but I don't think she would actually kill her, kill him. Um, I felt I felt bad for Rudy. He got killed so often, like so quick in in the movie. But it happened to just follow a previous death because at the beginning, the first the five, hazelnut coffee. Yeah, in the first five minutes of the film, they're like, "Oh, let, let's respect and like give time to our fellow co-host who we just lost and and all, all that so it's like we already had one death and we follow up with this one i was like this is kind of like i don't want to say spree killing because it's not but it, it's it's leading up to oh, something's happening someone's making a move so they can get into the co-hosting because that was a, a actual big storyline like who's going to be the new co-host it's like who actually wants to be the new co-host because it seems like no one wanted to be the new co-host or even the <laughs> right even the one who did become the co-host was like so uh so nervous and i actually believe she like she didn't want to do it she was forced to be into that position now this is a good point. Tiffany wasn't nearly as dislikable as Gretchen was. That's Gretchen, true. Yes. But my point with Tiffany is, I just felt like they went out of their way to make Tiffany look suspicious. Mm-hmm. And whenever a murder mystery does that, you know it's not the person that looks the most obviously yeah, suspicious. Because it's too easy. And they kept saying Occam's razor. I was like, well, yeah, then simplify it. Can we talk about why was everyone... I know that it's break-ins and various things, but why was everybody in this movie's house unlocked? I felt like there were so many just entrances where, oh, nobody answered the door, walked in. I was like, let me assure you, if you ever come to my home and I'm not there, too bad if I've died because you will not just be able to knock once and then open the door. That's crazy to me. That's true. And they don't live in a small town. I, know. I, I think very rarely we actually saw them. There, there was that moment where they were trying to get into Rudy's place and... 
she had to find the key. Like, I found the key. You know, and I think that was the only moment where that was the actual door locked. Right. But again, Rudy's Rudy's assistant would have a would key have access, to right. Rudy's place. So I was like, yeah, it has to be Kiki. It has to be Kiki. And then uh, we, we had Billy saying, I, I knew the moment when she told me the location of the wine cellar. It's like, girl, I knew an hour ago. <laughs> like, like, come on. Come on. Come on. A, l- a little faster. It's like, get there faster. Um, overall, I did enjoy it. Um, well, what were your thoughts? Of, I mean, we had Rick Fox, we, um, who played Ian Jackson. High school sweetheart. Definitely chemistry there. What were your thoughts of uh, his involvement and just this potential relationship that's coming back, probably. Right. Well, I liked it. I liked their chemistry. And I liked that we had a moment of doubt where um, Maurice was trying to make her question things and say, like, he knows how to sweet talk, <laughs> you know, and so maybe he's just trying to get information from you. Um Obviously, it wouldn't be fun to be in that position, not sure whether somebody really likes you or is trying to get information out of you. But I liked that it was a little thrown into limbo there for a moment. Um, And they're fun. I like the dynamic. Yeah, I do like the dynamic. It's definitely something I'd keep watching. Um, I I love Rick Fox. I've met him. He's super tall super awesome um he, he's a really down-to-earth guy so like i'm rooting for this relationship because we saw at the end they you know they just, no kiss they, they just there walked was no off. kiss but we did see throughout the whole film where like they were just having dinner together just having regular conversations you knew you know something's gonna happen with them uh i'm i'm all for for it what were your thoughts of Billy's uh, family and the, just the restaurant and just like the side people who was involved with billy's life well I thought it was so interesting watching the family try to figure out what the best way to go about this is because across many different people in the movie, nobody was fully cooperating with the police throughout the entire movie. And I thought it was very interesting how they all thought they were doing things to protect themselves, but simultaneously making themselves look suspicious. And so, you know, it was very interesting to see people's advice and what they thought they should do or what they were telling other people to do um, that might have been questionable advice. Right. And and the, the, the friend at the beginning, forgive me, I'm like blanking on his name, who was about to take the fall for for Billy when he was explaining uh, and being under interrogation and talking about the cyanide and basically was going to take the fall for for Billy. I was like, oh, wow, dear friend, family friend. Um, I liked him, too. I was like, he can't get, you know, guilt charged guilty for this either. Well, and that was interesting because the description of the movie made it sound like Billy would immediately be thrust into the lead suspect. But of course, we started with Maurice. Yes. For a while. It was about 40, 50 minutes in before it really shifted to now they really suspect Billy more. Yeah. I thought it was going to be all Billy because we saw the the cake with the cyanide at the beginning. Right. And then 10 minutes later, we saw the exact same cake uh, type is made at Billy's restaurant. Right. Great. They're going to make it look like Billy. But I'm glad it took them a few minutes to to get there. But overall, I think it was a great start to this, this series, this morning show mysteries. And Al Roker. The, now, that, I wanted what? more El Roker than two lines. Yeah, I think it was just his appearance for, uh, I don't even remember what well, he isn't, said. Isn't he, doesn't he have a production credit on the movie, yes, though? Yes, uh, Al Roker, yes, definitely is involved in So he's involved on the back producing. end. He just wanted a brief 
but a to, brief two two second moment. I mean, it was so a, brief. Yeah, to make a cameo, then um, that's not really memorable. Anyways, then don't have it at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but I, I'm excited if, if they're if and when they make more of these morning show mysteries because I'll be watching. Yeah, my only other thought on this movie is it made me so paranoid about beverages and food, and I'm going to a <laughs> restaurant tonight, and I was thinking after I watched this, I've never thought about being poisoned until now. And now I'm like, oh goodness, be careful of the food delivered to you if somebody's out to get you. Right, avoid the cake, avoid the cake. All right, uh, moving on to, well, we only have really one upcoming movie in the next week. We have Winter's Dream. That will be on the Hallmark Channel, starring Christy Swanson and Dean Cain. You know, we love both of them. That is Saturday, January 27th. And then Hallmark Movies and Mysteries is actually taking a week off, so that's why we only have one film next weekend. And that will wrap out the Winterfest for Hallmark. And then we're eventually getting into the Valentine's Day movies for countdown, the month of right? Countdown, yes, to Valentine's countdown to Valentine's Day. Day. Now, you guys, were January's just about over already. Can you believe that? So, yeah, so tune into Winter's Dream, January 27th. Excellent. Great show. We, yeah. We talked a lot. Honestly, I, you know, for those of you who have been with us for Countdown to Christmas, you know, like I said at the very beginning of the year, Hallmark does not slow down. And if you go back and watch, it's been full show after full show after full show. After full has show. Has not slowed down. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. In the meantime, Stefan, where can everyone keep following you? Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Lovegrove. And I actually saw a couple of you already followed somehow during the broadcast. So thank you and Beautiful. hello. Beautiful. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I'm your host, Marissa Serafini. You can follow me everywhere at Serafini TV. Thanks for Paul Green for coming on and talking about the amazing art for ALS. And, of course, shout-outs to Jeanette Stevens and Jordan Blackstone, who also helped pioneer this amazing event. Go tune in for that. That's online February 14th. Check it out. Thanks, everyone, and we will see you next time. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. Are those of the host only do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.